Right, hey, I want to, uh, before we jump in here, I want to just bring a couple of things in front of us uh, that you need to know about. Number one, uh, September 25th, we've been talking about this every week, but September 25th is a really big day for us. We call that our grand openings service. I know we've been meeting every week, but, we're, but what we're doing here is we're really building up to that day. When we planned out our, uh, our launch year, which is what we're doing right now, this is our launch year, we tried to put some big days uh, after some big events so we can kind of ride the wave of momentum. We did that earlier this year in April, and this weekend is Black Gold, and so our grand opening is the weekend after Black Gold uh, weekend, and we've got a big week planned coming up. In fact, if you've got a Connect card today, if you turn that Connect card over, you'll see that it says, I want to help Summit open strong September the 15th through the 17th. And what that is, is it's you saying, hey, I'm willing to help out with everything that Summit is going to do this weekend. What we're doing this weekend at the Black Gold Festival, you'll see it right across the stage uh, downtown. We're going to have a big family fun zone, do all kinds of things for families there. We're going to pass out about 2,000 invite cards uh, to Summit to our grand opening service. Uh, around the festival, and then we're going to send teams all over Hazard and Perry County doing about 2,000 door hangers. And we have teams literally from churches all over the state that are coming in to help us. About 27 of you, maybe uh, closer to, I guess, about 30 of you have signed up here to say, hey, I want to help Summit Open Strong. If you have not done that yet, then do it today. If you have done it, uh, you will hear from us tomorrow. Uh, we just found out yesterday when we needed to be there, where our spot was going to be, so final details came together yesterday. You will hear from us tomorrow if you check that box. You check that box today, look for a phone call from somebody tomorrow, and we'll put you on Teams, uh, ask you a couple of questions, and get geared up for this weekend. I know that a couple of you have checked that box, but you said, I'm, I'm busy that weekend, but I want to help before. When you leave today, on your left is a table with a lot of different things on that table, but on there are door hangers, some of the door hangers that we'll use. If you would want to, do, if you would want to take a bunch of those and distribute those through your neighborhood or whatever, take as many of those as you want. Trust me, we have 2,000 of them. Uh, if you want to take some of those, uh, do a couple of things for us. Uh, when you take some, that's you saying, I'm going to distribute these in my neighborhood or that sort of thing, but let us know that you took them and where you're going to use them. You can come up to me after the service today. You can find us, catch up with us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can find me on there. And just let us know if you plan to do that because we don't want to overlap. All right? So that is the big thing. Another thing that you need to be aware of um, is next Sunday morning at 10. If you're, here, if you're here, you're involved in guest services in any way, or if you're looking to jump on board with Summit and just serve somewhere, man, guest services is a great place to jump in. Uh, next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, right here, we're going to have a guest services boot camp. It's not as hardcore as it sounds. We just named it that, all right? Um, but you come, we're going to train you, to give you, our, uh, give you the vision for guest services and help you understand the vision more of our church. So if you want to be a part of our guest services, uh, if you just want to know more about our vision, or, hey, if you just want a free breakfast, we're giving everybody that comes next Sunday at 10 a free breakfast. If free breakfast sounds good to you, be here, the forum, 10 o'clock next Sunday. We're going to give it to you. It's going to be an awesome awesome time, all right? Um, I'm going to do something else. Let me say one more thing, and then we're going to pray, and then we're jumping into the sermon. This is not the sermon yet, so I have not officially clocked in. So I see some of you looking at your, I haven't clocked in yet, all right? So hang on. Um, one more thing, and then I'm clocking in. Um, I, 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 I do want to say this. I want to say this, and a lot of you, we've got a lot of first-time guests with us today, and you don't know me, and I don't know you, uh, but I want to say something to everybody that comes. I know a lot, I see a lot of regular faces here, and I want to say this to all of our band. I want to say this to every greeter. I want to say this to everybody that's, that's serving hard right now in Summit Kids. 
um, every week, even though they won't be able to hear this, uh, I want to say to everybody, thank you. Um, I, I really want to say thank you to everybody that serves, everybody that comes, the fact that you're here today. Uh, when I tell people what's going on here, this is the response. Are you kidding and hazard? Are you serious? Um, and we say yes. And so, so listen, I, man, as the guy that God called to start this, I just want you to know, man, I am grateful and I am thankful for every one of you. Even if I've never said it, even if I may have never said hi to you, that's my bad. Uh, but I am thankful. And uh, I just don't want to act like this is normal, what we're experiencing and what we're going to experience. Our goal for grand opening, 200 people in here. But you need to know there's 850 seats in this room, and you need to know that I believe that very soon they'll all be filled. They'll all be filled, okay? There we go. That's right. You need to know that we believe that around here. We need to know we're not here to do a couple of awesome services and, and do some show. We're here to change the world from hazard and beyond. We're going to do it, and God's going to do it through us, okay? So uh, I'm clocking in. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for today. God, I thank you so much, God. God, I thank you for these, for these men and women that are here. God, they could have went to all kinds of other churches, but they came to Summit. God, I thank you for the band. I thank you for the greeters. I thank you for our kids' workers. I thank you for the guys in the booth right now. God, I thank you that you brought all this together because you want to do something great. And God, I just pray that right now you would do something great right here in this room. God, I pray that right now you would begin to move, that you would begin to just do something right here in the room today. Because God, like I've said, like, I, like we've been praying in the back, God, there are people coming looking for hope. Give it to them today. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, today, uh, as, as, we, as you saw at the very beginning of the service, and you already know this, it's the 10-year anniversary of September 11th. And um, as, as I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking, uh, two years ago, my wife and I, Elena and I, we went to New York uh, for our 10-year anniversary. We wanted to do something different, wanted to go somewhere. So we went to New York City for our 10-year wedding anniversary and did a lot of things throughout the city. And one of the things that we did is we went to Ground Zero. And when you, it's, it's different now because the memorial is up and they've done a lot of work since then, even just in two years on the building that they're, uh, that they're putting in place to replace the World Trade Center. Um, but when we were there, there was massive amounts of construction, so much so that, if you were to, that when we were there, we walked up to where uh, Ground Zero was, there was this massive wall in front of us. So we really were not able to see what the site looked like. But there were pictures up around Ground Zero that people had, uh, that people had hung up of their families that they lost that day. Uh, thank, say, uh, pictures and, and monuments uh, that people have hung up of thank you for the first responders that were there that day. But one of the things that happened was as we walked around, and a lot of people pointed us in this direction, as we walked around that day, uh, literally across the street from Ground Zero, uh, across the street from Ground Zero, there was a really small church. It's called St. Paul's Chapel. And one of the things that happened on September 11th, I'm sure you're probably aware of this, but uh, the World Trade Centers were not the only buildings that were destroyed or impacted on that day. I mean, if you, if you go there and we were able to see this, a lot of other buildings that were around the World Trade Center, they were destroyed completely. Others, their windows were gone, entire walls were gone. So most, if not all, of the buildings around the World Trade Center at Ground Zero were completely destroyed or damaged severely except for this small church. It's called St. Paul's Chapel. In fact, I think we've got a picture of it here. 
uh, if we could uh, bring that up there. There it is. I don't know if you can make that out, but literally the name of it is St. Paul's Chapel, and the name should just indicate how small it is. It could fit in the room, and there would still be plenty of room for all of us to come in here today. And so here across the street from the World Trade Center, and this is still here, you can go to St. Paul's Chapel. This little church is, is across the street from Ground Zero, and it was unharmed. Not a scratch on it. And so what started to happen in St. Paul's Chapel, they were telling us this story because if you walk in, they've made it this massive monument for how this church brought hope to New York City during 9-11. Because it was unhurt, because it was unscathed completely, first responders literally spent months in that building. In fact, let's go to the next picture there. I think there's one more picture. You can see... There, there's the, that, the viewpoint of, of that picture is right outside the door of the church that you just saw, and there, in the construction zone, that's ground zero. That's just how close this church, this small chapel, is to ground zero. And when you walk in, there's just this massive monument of how God used that church during 9-11. And first responders spent months in this chapel because this was the only place to stay. It was unharmed. Uh, The days after 9-11, this small chapel, outside of this small chapel, over 5,000 meals were given uh, to first responders and people uh, looking for hope and looking for help during this time. Uh, During during that time, uh, the days after 9-11, this small church, people would go to this church because they lost their family members and they were hoping maybe they'd find them there. Or they knew they were never going to see their family members again and they went into this place because they knew that if they went in there, someone would at least give them some kind of hope. And so, so what happened is, and you probably didn't hear about this on the news. I didn't see this on the news at that time. But what happened is in the midst of the darkest time in our country's history, in the middle of it, there was the church giving hope. Because that's what the church is meant to do. The, the church is meant to give hope. And so today what we're doing, today we are in the, uh, towards the end of our sellout series. And every week we're talking about selling out to God's plan for our lives in some different area. And today we're talking about the church, selling out to God's plan for the church. And today when we leave in just a few moments, when we leave in just a few moments, the thing that I want you to leave today believing and knowing is that the church is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. And so if you've got a Bible, uh, I want to ask you to open up to the book of Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians, six chapters. We've been here a lot, and I love the book of Ephesians, man. I love it. And so if you're here, you've got a Bible, open up to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. If you don't have a Bible, the words are going to be right up here on the screen. There they are. Thank you, sound guys. And you can just read along with us here as we read Ephesians chapter 3, uh, 10 and 11. It says this, So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that He, God, that God has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what's happening here is this is Paul, and Paul is writing this book, this letter to a church in a city called Ephesus. He's writing this and he's in jail. And what happens here in these two verses, what Paul is saying to us, more importantly, what God is saying to us, because God is the one who wrote the Bible. 
What God is saying to us is that the organization that God chose to give hope to the world, the organization that God chose to give the world the message about Jesus and the message of forgiveness for, for sins and the message of a second chance and the message of hope, the organization that God chose to use was the church. And I don't know your background. I see a lot of new faces here today. I don't know your background. And so when we say church, I don't know what that kind of brings to mind. I don't know what kind of baggage you have when you think about the church. Uh, in, in fact, I, I, I was trying to think of some ways that I could uh, figure out what people thought about the church earlier. And so Friday, um, I threw up something on Facebook. I didn't throw up on Facebook, literally. Um, I realized as I said that I, I didn't. Let's rewind. I put something on Facebook. I put something on Facebook Friday, and I just simply said, I simply said, uh, when you hear the word church, what comes to your mind? Be honest. And I got all kinds of different answers. Uh, se several people, maybe some of you are here, several people put that when they hear the word church, they think about a place of peace. Or they, they think about something that they have to be a part of on a regular basis. Uh, and then I also got some on the other end of the spectrum. The first response I got, one word, boring. And, and then he came back later, he said, just being honest. Others said this, judgmental. In fact, they went on. Every time I've went to church, people, people know the kind of stuff I'm bringing with me. People know about my life. And so I feel that they look at me and they don't want me there. The church is a place where I am judged. You may be there. That may be the way that you feel. In fact, that probably is the way that a lot of you feel because some of the conversations that I have with a lot of you is that you walked away from the church a long time ago because you were burned and God is using Summit as your chance to come back. And so I don't know what kind of baggage you have when you hear the word church, but, but the church is not a building. The church is not a building. The church isn't even what we're doing right now. I mean, this is a church service, but it's really not what we're doing right now even. Instead, see, the Bible says that the church is the people of God. It's men and women and children who have given their lives to Jesus Christ. They've went to God and said, God, I'm a sinner. I need you to forgive me for my sins. I want to give my life to you. And the Bible says that the moment that you do that, you become a part of God's people, the church. And see, what happens, what happens is that God has always had a people. God has always had a people that he's worked through to show the world his love and who he is. So the very first people of God, Adam and Eve. Then after Adam and Eve, there's the nation of Israel. And then after the nation of Israel, Jesus comes and he calls the 12 disciples. And Jesus and the 12 disciples form the church. And out of everything that God could have chosen to change the world, out of everything that God could have chosen to bring hope to the world, He chose the church. He chose you and me. Now, again, let's be honest. How many of you would have done something different? Come on now. I, listen, listen, I'm going to be honest. My hand is up. I would have done something different. You say, why? Because I know me. Anybody else? I know me. I mean, listen, if I'm going to be the guy that's going to bring, that's going to, that's going to put together some group and I'm going to hope that this group changes the world, I'm going to hope that this group brings peace and love and joy to the world, I'm going to hope that this group leaves the world a better place than it was before they were there, then I'm going to choose somebody different than me. I'm just, I'm just shooting straight, right? 
So I'm going to want some, I'm going to want some really innovative people. So I'm going to use Steve Jobs and I'm going to choose Bill Gates. I'm going to choose somebody to be over my head of marketing. I'm going to choose maybe some celebrities. But instead, God has chosen us. God chose us. We are God's plan A. And you need to know that there is no plan B. There is no plan B. And so because that's true, because it's true that God chose the church to be the organization that he was going to show the world who he is, and he was going to use the church to tell the world the message of Jesus, then the church ought to be the most loving place you could ever go to. Is that right? The church ought to be the place that you go to to find healing when you need it. The church ought to be the place you go to when you need to find hope. The church ought to be the place that you go to or that you can think of. You think of the church when you need a place to belong. You think of the church when you need a place to find a new beginning. You think of the church when your life is about to fall apart and you just need somebody to let you know that it's going to be okay. You need somebody to put their arm around you and to speak words of mercy and second chance and forgiveness and hope and a new beginning. The first place that you ought to think of or anybody ought to think of should be the church. When marriages and families are falling apart, the first place they think, they think to go to fix everything should be the church. When people are strung out on addiction and it's tearing their life apart, the first place they ought to think to go to should be the church to look for freedom. When anybody looks for a second chance, when anybody looks for hope, they ought to think, you know who I need right now? I need the church. Because the church is the hope of the world. And the church is the hope of the world because the church has Jesus. The church is the hope of the world because the church has Jesus. And what we should do is we should take that hope to the world. Listen, how many of you believe that hazard needs hope? Anybody believe that this morning? Anybody? Don't put your hands up. Ain't nobody going to laugh at you. Look at you. Every hand going up. Hazard needs hope. Um, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you were aware of this. Um, Dr. Oz. Anybody Dr. Oz fans? can't see your hands. The lights are down. Um, several years ago, Dr. Oz uh, named the happiest place in the world to live, or the happiest place in the country live, to live, and the unhappiest place in the country to live. Anybody know what the unhappiest place in the world to live is, uh, in, in America to live is, is according to Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, the unhappiest place in, a, in America to live in is where? Hazard, Kentucky, baby. Yeah, that should be on the sign. I don't know why. Welcome to Hazard. It, it's all downhill from here. Or something. That should, well, like, we should do that. You know, or like, there should be a statue of Dr. Oz. You can Google this. I tried to find the video, but for some reason I can't find it. But it's all over the place that he legit said this. And, and I don't know how you study these kind of things. Um, but, it, but in several years, the unhappiest place in the world to live in is Hazard, Kentucky. That's awesome. Man, that's, that's like a claim to fame. Now listen, now listen, now listen. Listen. Now listen. If you, it, now if you're here and your last name is Oz, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. All right? but, but I have problems taking that seriously anyway because the brother's last name is Oz. You, you, you know, you, are you catching what I'm throwing? You know, if your name is Dr. Oz, I just got to question the doctor part because your name is Oz, man. You know, I can't look at you without thinking of, of a tin man and, you know, the whole deal. So, so, so Hazard is the most unhappiest place in the world 
to live in. That's, I just think it's great, man. I've got to get a shirt. Uh, we'll sell those shirts at Black Gold. We won't. <laughs> um, we had, I had people say this. I had people say this to me. So you're going to plant a church in Hazard? I said, yeah, I'm going to plant a church in Hazard. <laughs> people said this to me. And that place is depressing. Why don't you pick somewhere happier? Why don't you pick somewhere better to plant a church? And I told him this, I told him this. I can't think of anywhere better to plant a church than Hazard. Because listen, 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 listen. When you read the Bible, when you read the Bible, and you always see God using somebody to change the world, every single person that God uses to change the world, they have three things in common. They were a nobody from nowhere doing nothing. Everybody in the Bible that God ever used to change the world, they were a nobody from nowhere changing nothing. And I want you to know, it would be just like God to change the world from Hazard, Kentucky. It would, be, it would not be out of character at all. In fact, oh yeah, that's, why, that's how he's been rolling since the day he got this started. He's going to change the world from Hazard. He's always done it that way. But Hazard needs hope. And the, the hope for Hazard is Jesus. And what Jesus has done is Jesus has put the church here. Jesus put the church in hazard, and so we believe as a new church, Summit Community Church, God wants us to be hope, a people of hope for the city. Because the church is the hope of the world. And so let's get extremely practical with just a few minutes to go. That means two things for us. If, if the church is going to be the hope of the world, then that means two things. It requires two things if the church is going to be the hope of the world. First, it requires you being a part of it. It requires you being a part of it. Listen, let me just tell you and shoot straight up this morning. The number one thing that kills churches, the number one thing that, that kills churches, and I don't know if you knew this, over a thousand churches in America shut down every week. Over a thousand churches in America shut down every week. The thing that kills churches, number one, is Christians who go to church as consumers. Let me, let me unpack what that means. Christians who come to church as consumers, only looking to get, not looking to give. Only looking to get something from what's going on, not looking to be a part of it and help that church change its community and change the world. So a lot of Christians do this. They come to church with a list just like they go to Walmart. You know what I mean? You go to Walmart, I've got to get this. And so some people come to church. Maybe you're here and you've done this. When I go to Summit, I better have this. I better have a great children's program. When I go to Summit, I better have awesome music. When I go to Summit, the pastor better be hot. Check. Um... <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Just want to see if you're with me. When I go to Summit, I better have, filling, I better have coffee. I better have donuts. <laughs> Check. Um, I better have fill in the blank. I better have fill in the blank. And if I don't, eject. I'll just go somewhere else and find it. Listen to me, listen to me. We've just been here five weeks in a row. This is just the fifth time we've done this in a row. Let me say this. And just being honest. If you're looking for something, you can probably go to any other, any other church in Hazard to find it. Today. 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 Mark, what are you going to do about students? We don't have anything yet. Mark, what are you going to do about this, this, this? We, we, don't, we don't have anything yet. And today, if you're looking for that, you know what? You could go to any other church and you could find it today. But let me say this to you. What if you stuck around and helped us build it? What, what, if you, what if you stuck around? What if you said, you know what, I'm going to be a part of this? 
and you, and you caught the vision that God has given us as a church for the unchurched and dechurched, that it will impact this region, that will plant churches in eastern Kentucky and beyond, that will serve its community, that will impact the world. What if you caught our vision and helped us build what we don't have yet? Because if it's, if it's going to be the hope of the world, it's going, to be, it's going to require you being a part of it. And listen, to jump on board here at Summit right now, it's never been easier. All you've got to do is turn over your connection card and just check a box that you want to be a part of. Just check a box. If that box is not there, then we'd love for you to write down, hey, Mark, I want to help us build it. And we'll get in touch with you. But let's do it. But it requires you being a part of it if the church is going to be the hope of the world. And number two, and finally. If the church is going to be the hope of the world, it requires you admitting that you need the church. If the church is going to be the hope of the world, it requires you admitting that you need the church. See, listen to me. The church doesn't save anybody. The church doesn't save anybody. So if you're here today and you were looking for maybe some brownie points with God, God, aren't you impressed? I came. His answer is no. And the reason he's not impressed, the reason none of our good works can save us, is because if our good works could save us, Jesus didn't need to die for us. But he had to die for us because none of our good works save us. So if you're here today, you're not a Christian, Jesus is your only hope, and you can be saved and made new today. Church doesn't save. Only Jesus does. But Jesus does not want you to go through life alone. Listen to me. If, you, if, if you've been asleep, get this last part. Jesus does not want you to go through life alone. You hear that? Jesus never intends for you and for me to do life alone. In fact, if you go to, to the opening chapters of the Bible, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, what you're going to see is God creates earth and he says it's good. God creates the sky and he says it's good. Trees, it's good. Animals, it's good. Man, it's good. And then all of a sudden God looks at something and for the very first time he says, that's not good. What is it that he looked at and said it's not good? The fact that Adam was alone. Adam was alone. And God looked at him and said, that's not good that he's alone. He's not going to make it alone. He needs help. And what's crazy is that Adam and God were walking together in the garden. The Bible says they were face to face. They were best friends. But God looks at him. He says, he's not going to make it alone. He needs help if he's going to do this. Listen, some of you are here and you have a church background or you may claim to be Christians and you say this. Listen, I don't need anybody else. It's me and Jesus. And this is controversial and I guarantee you'll never forget it. But get this. It is not enough to have you and Jesus. You and Jesus is not enough. You say, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. The reason we say that is because Jesus created the church. And God looks at us by ourselves. Here we are, we're trying to do life alone. Some of you, you came in today, you've got problems, you've got issues, and nobody else knows about it. You're just carrying it alone. You think that you're strong enough. You think that you can suck it up and do it. And listen, the only reason you think that's because you're an American. Praise God for this country, we love our country, but America, one of our core values, individualism. When you go to the Bible, you never see me and Jesus. You see Jesus and his people. So, so a couple things, a couple things, because, because you and I need the church. If we're going to be who God wants us to be, if you're going to be who God wants you to be, then you need help. 
And, and Jesus intends to use other people to be that help. So a couple things for you. When you came in today, you got this card about life groups. And if you've been to our website, you've checked it out, you've seen that there's something on there about life groups. And, and you need to know, here, here's what life groups are. If, and we've said this before here. If you are here at Summit, you're a part of Summit, you will become the person God wants you to be. You'll grow in your relationship with God, really, in three ways at Summit. We have three ways, three things to help you grow to be the person God wants you to be. Sunday service, right here, what we're doing right now. I mean, if God can save people here, he can grow people right here in this hour. Number two is service, serving other people. And number three is small groups, or what we call life groups. And what these groups are, they're groups that meet in homes or in businesses or in schools or wherever. We'll meet in a closet if we need to. And those groups get together and they pray with one another. They talk about Jesus together. They encourage one another and they try to reach out to their community. And the reason we're giving this to you today, in fact, our plan was not even to mention launch, launch, launch life groups. It's easy for me to say. Launch life groups until January. But what we're doing right now behind the scenes, we're trying a couple of these out and it's going extremely well. So well that we're like, let's put out a teaser. Let's see who would be interested in being a part of something like this. And listen to me. You may think you don't need this, but I want to tell you, you need this. And so when you look at this card, you can see a couple of things. We're just asking you to put your name on it. Check whether or not you want to be in a life group. Check whether or not you'd want to host a life group in your home. That's a six-week commitment. Life groups are six weeks long. And then your best time, the best day, and where you'd like to do it. And we want to work with you on it. And when you leave today, one of our greeters is going to be in the back with a basket and we want to ask you to give this card back to them. Just put it in the basket as, as you leave. If you still have your, connect card, your connection card, just give that to the greeter on your way out. This is the thing that you need, that we want to have as a church so that we can be the people God wants us to be. So fill out this card. But then there's something else. There's something else. Let me tell you a story. I like to run a lot. And uh, um, I run marathons and things like that. I'm not trying to brag. I've told you before, the only reason I run is because I'm addicted to Oreos. Um, but um, the hardest race I ever ran in my life is a six mile, it was a six-mile race in Lexington a couple years ago called the Bluegrass 10K. They do it every 4th of July weekend. And this, I, I hear it's gotten better, but I'm so traumatized, I just refuse to do it again. Um, it's... It's on 4th of July weekend, which means it's extremely hot. It's extremely hot. And, um, and on this particular race, they started it later than they typically do. So by the time the race started, it was already close to 90 degrees. At mile three, they completely ran out of water in the entire race. And, and so what happened was there were thousands of people in Lexington hallucinating because we're all dehydrating. It was horrifying. And so, so I, got, I got literally to the, um, so six, six, six point two miles. So I got to five and a half. It ends on Main Street. I could see the finish line. I could see it. But if you run a lot or if you've ever ran before in your life, you know that when you're running pretty fast or you're running for a distance and you're going to stop, you don't just instantly stop. You know what I mean? You, you kind of slow your pace down. You know what I'm saying? And so there I was. I was like, I, I was hurting. I was thirsty. I, I was, it, was, it was just horrible. And so I was like, I'm going to quit. I'm throwing in the towel. And so I started slowing down. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to walk it. I'm just going to walk it if I even finish. I may just give up and just, that's it. So I start slowing down. I was going to stop. And all of a sudden, 
this guy comes up next to me. And I don't even know the guy to this day. Never got his name. Never got his name. Don't know him. Guy comes up next to me, and he looks at me, and he says, let's finish together. Don't quit. Let's do it. So I said, man, if I quit, this guy's going to think I'm a girl. So I'm going to go. And no kidding, no kidding, for the next half a mile, for the next half a mile, that guy, he, we just kept looking straight ahead, but for the next half a mile, that guy kept saying, don't you quit. You keep going. You're going to make it. It's all, we're almost there. You, you're going to make it. And we made it. And we shook hands, never saw him again. Some of you are here today, and you are about to quit. Some of you are here today, and everything's falling apart. Some of you are here today, and you just feel stuck, and you don't know what you're going to do. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. Nobody else knows. Nobody else knows. You say, God knows. Listen, that's not enough. Because what God wants to do to help you keep going is God wants to use other people to come alongside of you and say, you're almost there. You're going to make it. You're not alone. It's going to be okay. God wants to use other people in your life to come alongside of you today, right now, just to pray with you, just to encourage you, just to lift you up and say, I'm with you. And so here's what I want to do. Here is the invitation today, and this is different from what we've done before, but here is the call today. Here's how we're closing. Some of you are here today, and I'm talking to you, man. I'm in your zip code, and you know it. Some of you are here today, and what you need is you need to be prayed for. You say, man, you, you may not even be a Christian. I don't know what your background is, but you say, you know what? I just need somebody to pray with me. Or I would really like to know that I'm not alone here. If that's you, I don't care what you're at, I don't care what your situation is, but if you need somebody to pray for you, in just a second, I'm going to count to three and I want you to stand up. Not right now, but I'm going to count to three and I want you to stand up. And when I count to three and when you stand up, if there are people around you that are standing then I want you to go to them. Everybody that's not standing, I want you to go to somebody that is, and I just want you to put your arm around them. I just want you maybe to even lay hands on them. You do whatever you want, and you can pray with them, or you can just stand there silently. If you need prayer, you can stand up and you can share with everybody that comes to you what you want prayer about, or you don't have to say anything. You standing up is enough, to be honest. But some of you are about to quit, and God is saying to you, don't quit. You need the church. You need God's people to come alongside and say, it's going to be okay. I'm with you. Don't quit. Your world is falling apart. But there are people around you who care. See, some of you are here and you're scared to death because you're thinking, wow, I need that. I need somebody to pray with me. I just need to be encouraged because I don't know what I'm going to do. And here's what you're thinking. If I stand up, Mark, if I stand up, everybody's going to know I don't have it all together. And listen, here's the dirty little secret. We already know it. We already know you don't have it all together. We already know you need help. The reason we know it is because I don't have it all together. I need help. The band, these guys that were up here, they don't have it all together. Only one man had it all together, and his name was Jesus Christ. And he loved you so much that he left heaven and came and lived and died and rose again for you. Some of you may be here, and you need to give your life to Jesus today. You're not a Christian, and you know it. And you know what I want you to do? Stand up. Stand up. All right? You're, you're making a decision today that you just need prayer. 
You stand up and you can share with people as much as you want or nothing at all and people are going to come to you. But as soon as I say three, you stand up if you want somebody to come and pray with you. And everybody else, go to them. And listen, if you don't want to go to anybody, if you've never been to church before, say, this is weird to you. You don't have to move, but I just want to say, this is, this is the church. This is what we do. We love each other. We care about each other. Caps three, and if you need prayer, you just want somebody to come and encourage you, you stand up. One, two, three. You stand up right now. Just right there where you're at. Just go ahead and stand up. There's people standing right now. People standing right now. As soon as you see somebody stand, just go up to them right now. Just go to them. Go to them. If you need prayer, if you want somebody to come and pray with you, you say, man, I need some help right now. Would you just stand up and people are going to come. People are moving. People are moving right now. You just do it. And when you see this, some of you, maybe you're not going to move. Maybe you've, ne maybe you've never seen anything like this. This is the church. This is why we do what we do. Because we're God's people. And as we're, Stephen's going to sing a song, but you guys keep praying with one another. And if you wouldn't need somebody to pray with you, you stand up. You don't have to, you don't have to you think, well, I missed my opportunity. You can do it right now if you want to. You just go to somebody, say, I need to prayer. But let's love one another right now. Just do this. Be the church. Stephen's going to sing a little bit for us. And you guys just continue to pray. Or if you need prayer, you stand up. Go ahead. Listen to that. The words are true. You're here with me. You're never alone. Speak to me. Never, never alone. alone. You speak to me. I'm never alone. You just may need to pray. We're sitting right where you're sound at. Sound And ask somebody next to you to pray my with heart you. Rejoice. You speak to me. I'm never alone. Lord, you searched me and know me you know when I sit and I rise where can I go to flee from your presence nowhere Lord cause you're here with me you sing to me I'm never alone you sing to me, I'm never loved. The sweet song I hear subdues all my fears when you sing to me, I'm never alone. You cry with me, I'm never alone. You cry with me, I'm never loved. The tears on my face are now cradled by grace As you cry with me, I'm never alone I know you will not protect me from what you will perfect me through So I pray that you teach me to trust and rest in you
as you carry me you carry me I'm never alone you carry me I'm never alone when I cannot stand you hold me in your hands and you carry me I'm never alone you carry me Hey guys, I want to thank you so much for being here today, and, and man, this has been good today. Uh, it's been good. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've, been, I hope you've enjoyed it. And listen, we want you to come back. I know we've went a little long today. We don't typically go this long, but we would love for you to come back next Sunday. Uh, if you want to be a part of what we're doing at Black Gold this weekend, help us open strong. You check that. When you leave today, there are greeters already there, uh, ready to get your uh, connection card. And if we could have a couple more greeters, go to our connection point table, get ready for first-time guests. If you're a first-time guest with us today, we have a free car for you. I'm kidding, we don't. Um, but we do have a free gift. Uh, this ain't Oprah. Um, so we do have a free gift for you today. And so when you leave, go to your right, and there's our connection point table. we got a free gift for you. We are so glad that you're here today. And uh, invite cards are out there, and the door hangers out there if you want to help us, man. Thank you, guys. You are dismissed. Love you guys. <laughs>